do things. Yep, where's the thing with the stuff? Oh my god, I forgot how to do everything. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh, that's in stereo. That's weird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, is Mr. Sean I am Joey Bonnier, and wait, wait, here he, never mind, there is no Sean O'Brien. Yeah, Sean, Sean's not here. Yeah. yeah. It's just me and you, Sean. Yeah. The so, other Sean's uh, not here. The one man who's really responsible for reading <laughs> to us. The only reason this show exists is not currently with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange show. This would be like if Ed McMahon did a Tonight Show or something, <laughs> you know? Andy it's Richter the, just suddenly just like takes control of Conan's show. Dueling sidekicks. Yeah. Uh, so it would be Andy Richter and Max Weinberg like fighting right. for Yeah. Yeah, and boring the audience to death, <laughs> and they all leave early. With esoteric jokes about shows that existed 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah. come on, everyone's, everyone's knows those. All right, so I do have books. Oh. You know, I went to Yay. the shelf, and yeah, I got some books. <laughs> went to shelf. <laughs> yeah, you know, standard shelf. <laughs> I went to go to there. Well, that was a, that was a decent thud. Not bad. Yeah. I tried to move the mic a little bit, didn't mm. really do much. Yeah. Okay, here we go. It's a little directional. You kind of got to. I know. I didn't want to. <laughs> Sean, come there's, on. There's, there's, there's a cardioid and there's an omni and there. You're showing off to me or the audience? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to shame you. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> I have too much already. Uh, common sense. Ooh. Thomas Paine. Mm. I thought that'd be interesting. We were just talking about common sense. Yeah. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, mm. famous Roman emperor. <laughs> Famous Aurelius. <laughs> Thomas Paine, Rights of Man. Another mm. Thomas Paine. Another classic. It's a lot of pain. <laughs> Welcome to the House of Pain. <laughs> Animal Farm, George Orwell. Mm. I think we've read it before, but we'll skip. It's always to, a classic. Yeah, so wherever we are. I feel like we can read any Orwell at any time. Yeah. Especially also, now. But especially now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Sean, this one's especially for you. Great poems by American women. I like how you like to tease me with that, but I'm literally the one that bought that. <laughs> so what? <laughs> That's this is just like having like oh I have a woman friend. <laughs> hey, look at my shelf. I'm not completely crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, that's a hell of a. Do you show it to all the women who come over when you get dates? <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't mean that as a joke, but it. it <laughs> No, that's not a thing. <laughs> I, I came out of my mouth. I was just like, wait a minute. That's not going to be right. All right. Do you have a pick? Uh, yeah, so what do we got here? Um, I don't know. I, uh, you kind of already called this the house of pain, so I think we got to go in that direction. All right. Well, you have um, two choices. Yeah, we might as well go with the common sense. Common sense. Mm -hmm. Thomas Paine. Yeah. Okay. It's smaller. Interesting. <laughs> Um, I don't actually know much about Thomas Paine. I feel like I used to know about Thomas Paine. I think I did like a book report in like fourth we grade or something. We all did book reports on him in third grade, <laughs> yeah. but do we remember it? Not those? a damn thing. No, of no. course not. All right. So Was he a signer? No, I don't even think so. <laughs> I think he's just like a writer. He's just a dude who uh, had, had pamphlets. Just a, uh, oh, that's a right. pamphletist. That goddamn Gutenberg in his press. People, anyone could fucking put out information. Yeah. What a horrible time. It was, 
Yeah, all right. I guess let's read the back. Why not? Uh-huh. Among the most influential authors and reformers of his age, Thomas Paine, 1737 to 1809, was born in England but went on to play an important role in both the American and French revolutions. In 1774, he emigrated to America where for a time he helped edit the Pennsylvania Magazine. That's actually interesting. He emigrated in 1774. Mm-hmm. It's pretty late on, he, you know? 1776 was the... Th- the I'm revolution. Saying, I know. He, he was, he, he he was an there, instigator. He, he was, got there two years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like when all of that stuff was like starting to stir and like when we were asking the French for money and shit. So like, I'm just surprised it wasn't like, oh, my family's been here for 200 years kind of thing. Oh. That's yeah. all. It's like me coming to California and rooting for the Lakers. I don't know. I feel like at that time, like the French were kind of interchangeable with the United States as much as we like try and distance ourselves from them now. It's... Uh, the French. Know. Well, I mean, they were like completely influenced, like, or that we were influenced by them, I should say. Uh, you know, Benny Frank spent tons of time over there. and You, you know. could argue they were also influenced by us. The revolution for true, them true. was 89. Yeah. So they kind of took our shit too. They stole our revolution. Okay. Uh, on, Janu- <laughs> on January 10th, 1776, he published his pamphlet, Common Sense, mm. a persuasive argument for the colony's political and economic separation from Britain. Hmm. Common sense cites the evils of monarchy, accuses the British government of inflicting economic and social injustices upon the colonies, and points to the absurdity of an island attempting to rule a continent. <laughs> it is quite absurd. <laughs> Man's you know? got a point. Yeah, you know what? Not, not only did they yeah. try and rule an entire uh, continent, the they world. tried to rule. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the sun never sets. <laughs> they still owned India at the time. They still oh, owned Australia. A lot like, more than that, yeah. Parts of, uh, yeah, China, Hong yeah. Kong, and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, credited by George Washington as having changed the minds of many of his countrymen, the document sold over 500,000 copies within a few months. That actually seems like a crazy amount considering- 500,000? Yeah. Were there that many people then? Right, exactly. <laughs> it seems like maybe there's a couple million people in the colonies. Damn. I don't know. Yeah. I'm guessing 5 million people, right? Uh, you're, you would be way more versed in that than me. There was In the Civil War, I know in 1865, there was about- 9 million in the Confederacy and I think 20. Mm. So we're talking maybe 30 million in 1865. That's like, yeah, almost 100 years exactly. later. Exactly, so, so yeah. can't be that much. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, There's got to be a math equation in there. Yeah, I, I, I'm not doing the exponential. <laughs> the square root. Yeah. <laughs> okay, today Common Sense remains a landmark document in the struggle for freedom, distinguished not only by Paine's ideas, but also by its clear and passionate presentation. Designed to ignite public opinion against autocratic rule, the pamphlet offered a careful balance between imagination and judgment, and appropriate language and expression to fit the subject. Okay, it's kind of weird. So it's like a, you know, couple hundred year old blog. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With a pen. What did, they have? what did they have? They had quills, right? Yeah, and then the printing press. Oh, okay. I, don't I, was, think... I was hoping he was like signing them all and writing them all. I doubt it. It would be awesome. No, that, that's, that, a pamphlet implies that it was... I know he can't do 500,000. I was just... Yeah. You know, Imagining it. Unless he had the uh, the auto signer, but I don't think Benny Franks invented that yet. Or was that TJ? I didn't know that was even either of them. Okay, we'll look that I'm up later. I'm pretty sure they had it back then. Anyway. All right, whatever. <laughs> Correction corner later on. <laughs> All right, it immediately found a receptive audience, heartened Washington's despondent army, foreshadowed much of the phrasing and substance of the dec- and and foreshadowed much of the phrasing and substance of the Declaration of Independence. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. So he, but. Wait, did it say he was a signer? I'm sorry. Been... No. Oh. It just found the receptive audience and foreshadowed much of the phrasing. Oh, okay. So, so I they could... just ripped him off. And... Yeah. Right on. Jefferson Dude didn't get credit a... for shit. Yeah, plagiarist Jefferson. Right on. All right. I guess I'll 
start at the introduction. The start. Yeah, start at the start. Common sense. Addressed to the inhabitants of America. Man knows no master save creating heaven of those whom choice and common good ordain. Thompson. This is quote at the top here. Hmm. February 14th, 1776. Oh, appropriate. Wow, yeah. Introduction. Perhaps the sentiments contained in the following pages are not yet sufficiently fashionable to procure them general favor. A long habit of not thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right and and raises at first a formidable outcry in defense of custom. But the tumult soon subsides. Sorry, Thomas Jefferson was the first president to use it, but he didn't invent it. Hmm. Okay. 1803. Do you know who invented it? Uh, yeah, dude, dude, I don't remember. Just random dude? Uh, John Isaac Hawkins. No, oh, old hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hockey. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, where was I? Uh, but the tumult soon subsides. Time makes more converts than reason. Hmm. That's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> As, as a long and violent abuse of power is generally the means of calling the right of it in question, and in matters too, which might never have been thought of, had not the sufferers been aggravated into the inquiry, and as the King of England hath undertaken in his own right to support the Parliament in what he calls theirs, T-H-E-I-R-S. What's the difference? The difference why, why, did you point, why did you point out the spelling there? Instead of saying, like, the there there... It's the, isn't there a possession? Yeah, yeah, you're talking about, okay, you were just specifying that it's the possessive version. As opposed to something. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I I don't know if that makes a difference. Whatever, I was just being It is literally literary. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. And as the good people of this country are grievously oppressed by the combination, they have an undoubted privilege to inquire into the pretensions of both and equally to reject the usurpation of either. Is this how people talked back then? I know. I always wonder that. It's amazing. I bet it is, honestly. <sighs> I don't know. I kind of feel like it's all a charade. Like the You just said. <laughs> in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I would say, I talk about this a lot because I always imagine Lincoln writing the Gettysburg Address. Mm. And dude <laughs> 30 years, 20 years ago. I mean it's such a <laughs> it's obviously beautiful and well written, but can you imagine any president writing like that? Like, yeah, it's poetry. Like, you have to be a poet. We're gonna build a huge wall. That's that's poetry to some ears. In some ways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's poetry. Okay, <laughs> poetry Satan. in motion. Satan's poetry. <laughs> All right. Uh, in Is that the, an upgrade from Hitler? Satan is an upgrade <laughs> from Hitler. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Hitler is is currently in Satan's domain. Mm. Satan's is the inner ring of hell. Yeah, Yeah. spanking him with all sorts of type of weird (laughs) tools and stuff. Dude, I think we're just getting a little too deep into your psyche here. No, I was thinking. I was thinking of South Park, honestly. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) He always shows up in hell in South Park. Okay, in the following sheets, the author hath studiously avoided everything which is personal among ourselves. Compliments, as well as censure to individuals, make no part thereof. The wise and the worthy need not triumph of a pamphlet. (laughs) I love that. Need not triumph of a pamphlet. And those whose sentiments are injudicious or unfriendly will case of themselves unless too much pains are bestowed upon their conversion. Jesus. This is really (laughs) tough to understand. Yeah. Uh, The cause of America 
is in a great measure the cause of all mankind. Many circumstances hath and will arise which are not Oh, which are not local but universal, and through which the principles of all lovers of mankind are affected, and in the event of which their affections are interested. There's like seven commas in that sentence. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) The laying a country desolate with fire and sword, declaring war against the natural rights of all mankind, and extirpating the defenders thereof from the face of the earth. I don't know that word. Extirpating. I think it means, like, removing. It must be, just from context, yeah, but I never heard of it. Okay, extirpating the defenders thereof from the face of the earth is the concern of every man to whom nature hath given the power of feeling, of which class, regardless of party censure, is the... Maybe. Extirpate is to root out or destroy completely. What the fuck is going on here? Is the... Why does it skip? <laughs> I don't even understand how this finish. It doesn't finish the sentence. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right there. I, I'm showing this to Sean just to confirm I'm not going at, crazy. At the PS. Right before it. Right here is where oh. I ended. Censure is the PS. Censure is the author. Is but that it just has supposed? author in caps. Yeah, it's like a different. Right below it. It's, it. Yeah, completely. I don't. Oh, this is the intro though, right? So like, um, I, yeah. Weird. I don't know. It How? seems like it just kind of cut off the middle of the sentence, so I'm just freaked out. Yeah, there's way too many commas to dissect that. It's like you got to like rebuild but it. And... You can't end a sentence with <laughs> is the. Can you? There's no period there either. Dude, sold 500,000 copies. What Who is are you going to... on? This <laughs> is <just> bullshit. <laughs> I told you books are bullshit. Thomas Paine is. Even a pamphlets are bullshit. Fucking fraud. <laughs> That's <laughs> why they just stole his good shit and no put it in the independent. No common sense. <laughs> Probably not, no. All right. Well, you just paid to go to a fucking guy with a press. We're skipping past this intro. This is crazy. Common sense of the origin and design of government in general with concise remarks on the English Constitution. Some writers have so confounded society with government as to leave little or no distinction between them, whereas they are not only different but have different origins. Society is produced by our wants and government by our wickedness. The former promotes our happiness positively by uniting our affections, the latter negatively re- by restraining our vices. The one encourages intercourse, <laughs> the other, cre- <laughs> the other cre- creates distinctions. The first is Fucking a child. <laughs> the first, I mean, he's the one who said it. He's, <laughs> he's the first. He's putting dirty thoughts in my head. Yeah, it's his fault. The first is a patron, the last a punisher. That was really well written. Like the Punisher? Yeah. Society in every state is a blessing, but government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil. You must love this, Sean. Mm-hmm. In its worst state, Preach. an intolerable one, for when we suffer or we are, or are exposed to the same miseries by a government, which we might expect in a country without government, our calamity is heightened by reflecting that we furnish the means by which we suffer. Government, like dress, is the badge of lost innocence. <laughs> Like dress? I, like, I, yeah, like dress. What does he mean by that? Government like government like dress is the badge of lost innocence. Does that mean like fancy clothes? I think so. Like dressing up, sort of? Unless he's talking about like the army version of that, like dress. Oh, dress. Yeah, I mean still dressing up. It's kind of like right? the, your Same. dress blues or whatever. Was that a thing though? Didn't they just fight and they had like one of, outfit? I thought it was part of like drill, like dress. Am I wrong? 
That means oh. like turn to the right. Maybe I'm fucking making mm-hmm. that up. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. The Palace of Kings are built on the ruins of the Bowers of Paradise. God, Bowers of Paradise? Bowers? God, we need Sean O'Brien here. God damn it. <laughs> we have to look every fucking word up. Yep. For were the impulses of conscience clear, uniform, and irresistibly obeyed, man would need no other lawgiver. But that not being the case, he finds it necessary to surrender up a part of his property to furnish means for the protection of the rest. You okay with that, Sean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah? Paying your taxes? No. I mean, taxation is theft, but, you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't agree with you. Um, I mean, that's why I am kind of always in the middle there. I do think that, uh, you know, some things are worth, you know, everyone chipping in for. You know, having police and fire departments are kind of sweet. And this he is induced to do by the same prudence, which in every other case advises him out of two evils to choose the least. Wherefore, security being the true design and end of the government, it unanswerably follows that whatever from thereof appears more, most likely to ensure it to us with the least expense and greatest benefit is preferable to all others. True that. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Well done, Payne. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> In order to gain a... Cli- yeah, that's sensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Seems like everything like we would all agree on, very, very common. In order to gain a clear and just idea of the design and end of government, let us suppose a small number of persons settled in some sequestered part of the earth, unconnected with the rest. They will then rep- represent the first peopling... Ooh, peopling. Hmm. I feel like I've never heard that. The first peopling of any country. Yeah, it's like spreading people about, like yeah, uh, planting like seeds sort of thing. Yeah. Use that. Stop peopling. Yeah. No, okay. No, no, it's fine. It's uh, it, it's rarely heard, but it is a. I've never heard. I mean, okay, whatever. Fine. Or of the world. Mm. <laughs> In this state of natural liberty, wow, that was extra fast. In this state of natural liberty, society will there first will be their first thought. A thousand motives will excite them thereto. The strength of one man is so unequal to his wants, and his mind so unfitted for perpetual solitude that he is soon obliged to seek assistance and relief of another, who in his turn requires the same. God, pain. Okay, you gotta chill with the commas, dude. This is really... You can't have seven commas in each a sentence. sentence shouldn't be a math problem. Oof. <laughs> Four or five united would be able to raise a tolerable dwelling in the midst of a wilderness, but one man might labor out the common period of life without accomplishing anything. When he had felled his timber, he could not remove it, nor erect it after it was, rem- <laughs> it, if it was removed. He said erect. Hunger, in the meantime, would urge him from his work, and every different want call him a different way. Okay. Disease, nay. <laughs> no, I've got to say this properly. Disease. Nay, even misfortune would be death. There you go. It's so rare you get to use a nay, you know? (laughs) For though neither might be mortal, yet either would disable him from living and reduce him to a state in which he might rather be said to perish than to die. Wait, what? I'll say that again, because it was an awesome sentence. Disease. Nay, even misfortune would be death. For though neither might be mortal, yet either would be... either would disable him from living and reduce him to a state in which he might rather be said to perish than to die. What's the difference? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought perish meant die. 
Unless I don't know. Maybe perish is like a slow death. Is like a, like a wasting away or kind of like a, a disappearance rather than a, a bloody and brutal sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Disease. Mm. Nay, even misfortune would be death. Anyways, yeah. you know, uh, we got to stop because there's food here. Yeah. But the thing is, I thought, you know, good job, Thomas. <laughs> Still holds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like how short it is. We really could have read this in like, you know, an hour. Maybe you could. Yeah. That's 50, 58 pages. Those are big pages. Nice pamphlet. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like it's a nice little summary of what the, how they feel. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, what do you think? You like it? Thomas? Payne? You fan? Yeah. Welcome to the House of Pain. Major pain. Mm, yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, man. There we go. Life sucks. Thank you for listening to a really shitty episode of Literally Literary. Literary. Yeah. Make sure to listen to all of our podcasts at podcast.com. Text before calling, politinkering. I can't believe I'm doing this. It feels like it's been so long. <laughs> text before calling, I guess. It still might be a thing. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. We might, we might, in we in might bring month. in Derek. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's always a good listen. And, uh, you know, uh, pay us some money on our PayPals. Make sure to follow uh, Sean at text before calling on the Twitters. Follow me at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R. Dot E-D-U dot com dot red. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Sean O'Brien at Paula Tinkering and his uh, discarded poems and all that. Yeah, it was a discarded poetry. Posted poetry, po- yeah, posted posted poetry. poetry on the Instagrams. Jeez, couldn't even get that right. Yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the House of Pain. <laughs> really forced that. <laughs>